All right, welcome back. Episode 35 of the Young Old Heads podcast. Shout out Kevin Durant. Shout out Brandon Crawford. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max 2023 edition. Max, how are you doing? Well, I was about to ask what edition am I today if I was Sapphire or Chrome Galactic Update, Cosmic Chrome Edition, but we're just sticking with 2023 edition today. I'm doing well. I'm active. I'm moving. I'm cardsing. You're cardsing. You're always cardsing. Um, we this was a pretty hot week of cards in terms of DMs that we were sending each other of funny things and cool shit that we were saying. So, um, do you want to start off with maybe what you kind of went ham a little bit on the golden auction this week? And I'm I feel like people might want to be the people are definitely interested in your strategy behind your golden act golden bids and maybe what you're going to do with what you bought that sort of thing yeah i know the people are always interested my response and not in trying to be overly humbling but is i, I kind of just go with the flow and i just do stupid things or things without thinking but in regard to that i did have some fun pickups um most notably i am a mac jones one of one rookie select owner nfl shield and that not that's it's not a draft picks or college card either it's a nfl uniform mac jones 101 and it would have been a lot more fun to own that before the season started probably yeah i was gonna say well if a prison 101 without an nf shield nfl shield goes for a hundred thousand dollars and then gets flipped for one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. I got this for a heinous price. I got I, this for a really cheap price. We're not going to talk about the price. I feel like because you okay. you might be wanting to move it. But it, it yeah. some interesting features of that one on one shield is that it is a PSA roll, five please. PSA five drum roll please. <laughs> and a uh, I'm guessing on the back of that shield it says this this patch is not from any specific game event or no dump it's that a, Mac no, Jones took on the toilet. It says the enclosed authentic memorabilia is not from any specific game or event. I saw a tweet this week that was the worst thing that's ever happened to cards is Mitchell and Ness creating like actual authentic uniforms because that allowed Panini and Tops to start making these nonsense patches. I also had this thought when I was looking at that new product that came out like XR or whatever. I was like, yeah, people are freaking out about XR like this product is pretty underwhelming in my opinion. And I, all I saw in the promo was like four different shield products that they're putting in it. And I'm like, well, the thing is XR and I think certified are two of Panini's ugliest products, but they have the college players in, in their NFL uniforms that those are like one of the first products. Oh, that's, the I don't know okay. if that's like by design to have the shittiest possible products be right when they get their uniforms. But that is one of the features. I mean, also it's, shout it's, out, shout out. The, Sorry, give your shout out. I was going to just give a quick shout out to Panini for putting out the first products of guys in their NFL uniforms in week 18. Just a quick shout out. To yeah. Them. No, it reminds me. Elements is, I think, one of the coolest products out there, especially. I mean, I have my chemistry background, so I do find it a little bit cool. But that's also it's like, oh, yeah, they're in their NFL uniforms. But it's like this is a shit product that no one collects. Wait, Max, real quick. Have you seen the product that used to come out as a chemistry major? Have you seen titanium? I don't know it. It's an old Panini product from like 2013. And at the National, I bought a clay case hit. And it's like on the top right is the of the card is like the elemental symbol for titanium TI. Yes, with yeah. like it's numbered out of whatever number on the periodic table that is. 
I, you got to look into that set because yeah. it's, it's all periodic table based. I feel like that's right up your alley. No, yeah, no, it's, but it's, it's cool. Side so track. I, so I looked, I looked at the Mac Jones. Like, obviously, it's a PSA 5 in case you couldn't, in case that we didn't mention that, even though we did. Um, it's like not that bad. Like, I'm looking at it, I don't see any creasing. I see a back indent and a few like chips on the back. Five is a bit crazy. Um, I've learned the hard way that I should, that if this is like, this is probably not going to be sold raw in between. Like this is just going to be like re-encapsulated if that, or just gets kept to five. I don't know, but definitely like an oddball purchase, even though it's NFL select that I can command the market on. I'm the king of the world. You want it? You have to get to my price for my Mac Jones one of one. Well, and I like those situations where I have the leverage. I don't know what's going on in that game right now, but there's a chance they make the playoffs. So there's a chance you could that could be turn into biggest flip of 2023 pretty quickly for you here. Uh, I hope so. That would be but, that'd be pretty cool. All right, what else did you buy though from Golden? I want to hear well, about some of the other cards. Well, speaking of really bad quarterbacks, I brought bought a Mac Jones black gold mosaic wrong, choice. Wrong player. Maybe. You said you said Mac Jones. Why did I say Mac Jones? I'm holding up the Zach Wilson. Why did I say Mac Jones? Because, you know, they're not really that. They're not that. Yeah, different. honestly, they're both so bad. It's interchangeable. Like, let's <laughs> let, let's be real here. Let's be real. They both suck. And I'm from Long Island. I can say the New Jersey Jets suck. My the New Jersey like, Jets. Not a not a sports and yeah, they're not even a New York sports team. I don't consider them a New York sports team. I respect that. I respect that. But um, not a sports analysis podcast. Mike White's better. But um, pop two in a PSA 10, numbered out of eight. This is not the debut. This is the legit one. And all I can say is that this card sold on eBay about a month or to a month and a half ago for $1,500. And I didn't pay that. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. The last comp on eBay is far from what Max paid for it. So it's going to be all right, I think. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, maybe about a third. <laughs> and uh, I think you bought one other questionable quarterback. I bought correct? one other questionable quarterback, and that is Mr. Tua, XRC, PSA 10 out of 25. Um, I think uh, during like peak, peak Tua moment, I think a copy of this card sold for six grand. But that's not the case anymore. This and is it's not what you paid or close to it. So that's yeah, all right. But um, it is, I think if I hate to sound like a cliche Robin Hood investor bro, but I think there was like I've heard the saying that apparently Warren Buffett once said, I don't know who that guy is, that like if you want to invest in something, that you want to get the best possible asset of it and then trade it. So really when you're dealing with, you know, a select one of one an XRC out of 25 PSA 10 and a black gold, which is still gold out of eight PSA 10. Like these aren't debuts. These aren't any niche wacky stuff. XRCs are one of the most demand, even though it's a 2016 card, one of the most in demand. Why did I say 2016, 2019 card? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen a calendar in a while, 2023 edition. <laughs> you know, one of the most desired cards for any NFL player. These are one of the better assets. And my rationale is if I can or can't move them in the interim, I'll at least be able to ride the wave heading through the offseason. Um, just as a consolation, I bought two Le Rookies 
PSA nines, 2003. I think this is the second time I've owned this card. Doesn't shock me that I like, it still like gives me like, wow, I'm holding a LeBron James rookie. Yeah. That's the sick one. That's the, uh, the classic tops one that, I, that I have back home. Uh, yeah. but LeBron goodbyes right now. I feel like once he, once he breaks the record, that's going to be high liquidity pretty quickly. Obviously LeBron's the goat. So yeah. one of pretty... my favorite stories of this card is not a personal story, but one of my best friends from high school, he, during the COVID boom, he was reaching out a little to me about, to me about cards and he was telling me that like when he was about 10 years old, he bought the LeBron James draft pick card on Amazon for about like 30 bucks when he was a kid. And then like it got lost somewhere. That's so brutal. Um, but one, but one the buying back, from Amazon is just so funny to me. Yeah. Buying from like early Amazon. Um, yeah. One of the one fun fact about that 2003 LeBron is that they actually made first edition tops back then. And like, I think 03 and 04, maybe one other year, maybe 05, but definitely 03 and 04. Um, and now that they're bringing that back with like Bowman first edition, they did first edition this year in flagship. Uh, if you're interested in learning about like how much being a first edition card impacts up a card's price, look into those ones if, you, if you're into that. Um, I mean, first edition is always like the most interesting gimmick. Um, 2003 obviously was a big year, not only for LeBron, but in recognition that LeBron was a big player and everyone knew it. They were making new products just to put LeBron in 2003 matrix was not a thing. Was that a one year product? Yeah. Tommy? One off, one off product. One off. Product. Yeah. And so they really went out of their way to get a bunch of LeBron products and even like the Fleer and the upper deck. Exquisite. Okay. It's there, yeah. first year exquisite. It's the first year they made it. No, no, no. Yeah. I guess that is an excuse to get, but that's like more of like a hobby revolution change. It's not just like, Oh, we're just going to get LeBron a card. Yeah, but I, th I think that it's kind of hand-in-hand -hand thing where, like, LeBron was so great that it forced innovation because they were like, how can we, you know, capitalize off this, this you know, guy who has so much hype? Oftentimes, I think that new products and cool shit pop up when these generational talents, you know, start entering the market. Um, but wait, we didn't finish the thought. That's on the, a good way of putting that. The, yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Whenever I get a compliment from you on how I put something, it's always a good. Uh, I always feel a little better about myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty stingy with the with compliments in general. Sometimes. Yeah, I love it. Um, but so the quarterback. I, I, always, I always say for every one you're pretty, I tell a girl. I get. I tell myself I'm handsome back one time. It has to be that ratio or higher. There's a big. We have a big self love uh, movement going on with the young old heads. Yeah. Love your collection. Be happy with yourself. You're a great collector. But I have the best collection in the world. Exactly. But um, I wanted to... I is relative. I've, I forgot to respond to your Warren Buffett quote. Uh, I feel like another important part of those buys is that those cards you bought on Golden, which we've talked about before, have, have issues with getting eyes on certain cards that maybe aren't the 0.001% top-end cards. Um, so do you think the fact that you got those cards on Golden you know, got you a discount on them? And is that like an incentive for you to like dig deep on the golden auction, like listings? I forget how they do it. But like the, dem never... the demographic of buyers for golden is very interesting in that some items that are like uber high end, like obviously realize their market value. And, but on other ends of the spectrum, it completely undershoots. Like I've had a PSA nine blue, yellow, green choice, John Morant, PSA 9, I think I cracked it, got a PSA 5, cracked it, got a Becca 9.5. But in this time of owning the card, I was heavily studying the market for it. 
And every single sale from pretty much July through October, PSA 9s have sold between $400 to $450. And I think I bought mine at $485. So I own the market. But there was one in Golden that sold in September for like $635. And that's just a complete outlier. That has nothing to do with eBay. This is a moderately, not necessarily scarce as in like, oh, I'm charging triple comps, but scarce enough to where you're really only seeing it at auction. But the golden buyer was willing to overpay. Um, I recently acquired another Trey Young courtside at a 60 PSA 10. Really cool card, copper, whatever. Um, but that's like a high value card. But pre-2019 and earlier when select is hobby only, that has a large reputation of being a highly co coveted upper class elitist set. So when I'm looking at the golden sales of that card, it actually seemed a bit inflated relative to eBay. But on the contrary, when I'm looking at my LeBron James PSA nines, I got these at like 70 ish, 80 ish percent of the going rate and same thing with this PSA 10 Clayton Kershaw. These cards are still very in-demand cards, and if anything, easy-to-move cards, and are high-end in their own right, or even the Tua XRC, which I thought that I got a good value at. But they're not the type of extremely super flashy high-end or ones with the connotations of that that would make it oversell at Golden rather than underselling. Yeah, I think that was, that's smart. I think that's a good way of you know displaying and representing the Golden market versus like an eBay market. Um, in my head, if someone's in the news a lot, like if you see some, like if John Morant's dunking on people and he's like very hyped up maybe as an MVP candidate or something, that's a situation when a card of his might sell over comps on Golden. But a guy like Zach Wilson, who's been benched and it's been very public about how bad he's been, that might make his cards even sell for even less than eBay on Golden that week. Because I think in general, what I'm trying to say is that Golden buyers are way more responsive to the news cycle than eBay. And that's saying something considering how responsive eBay buyers are to the news cycle. But I think it, with Golden, it's even like enhanced a little bit. Would you agree with that? Yeah, even if we're thinking about like buy it now versus auction, a buy it now, the sale is coming to you. An auction, you are forcing the sale. So when you're consigning with Golden or another big auction house, I know PWCC, you can do auctions like the even the same week of and it's a flash auction but with golden you're scheduling what your lot is going to be probably maybe even several weeks or even months in advance you don't know that when you're having your two thousand or three thousand dollar to a card up that he's going to get concussed and is going to have significant injury issues or maybe that zach wilson is going to get benched so you're forcing some of the highest not necessarily the highest because of course national treasures flawless autographs etc but relatively high-end cards of these quarterbacks that don't come to the market or, or rarely you're forcing the sale and it happens to be a time where they're plummeting in value and i don't know if they necessarily can pull the plug the people consigning their cards to golden but because i mean they're realizing the loss anyway but regardless it just makes it a good time to buy yes and it's a you know planned trips also can impact max's uh buying strategy you are going to i want to say uh, one little bit last yeah thing. yeah yeah going. um 2003 lebron we were talking about like the influx of the sets of those stuff and that's really cool part of what makes curry's rookie cards very cool 
is that he's probably the biggest GOAT candidate in this generation outside of LeBron. And he does not suffer from the overproduced mania of 20 billion cards. It's like his gold out of 2009 does a lot of cash, even exactly. though it's pops gold. Yep. And that's, uh, and well, he also suffered, I mean, not suffers, but that's like literally the only product that tops made for basketball that year was just flagship. Um, which I think is pretty cool for him. He does have like kind of a lot of weird Panini ones because Panini was like, I think they might've just gotten the license that year, maybe the year before. And they were kind of just like figuring it out. So he does like on the Panini side, he has a ton of products, but like tops, which I think most people, you know, still think tops basketball is like the premium product for whenever they made it. Um, that definitely helps him for sure. What? We were talking about. I want to hear about your Dallas strategy, though, because you're going, you're going to Dallas, and you you bought some quarterbacks, and those things are intertwined. So I want to hear about. You know, you're going to Dallas. You also had some other buys that I want to hear about from card shows this weekend. Um, but why is like, maybe can you represent? I know neither of us have been to Dallas, so it's hard for us to talk totally about it. But like from what we've heard from people that we are friends with. Why is Dallas a place that you want to bring these cards to? Dallas is the second biggest card show in the country behind the national. And it happens once every two months. I'm specifically looking forward to this Dallas because we are right in the heart of the baseball off season, which sounds like a great time to buy baseball. I didn't necessarily go hand in hand and thinking, Oh, these golden, these quarterbacks that I'm buying off golden are going to be great for Dallas but it's really just more ammo to have in the dispensary. I might've written a support ticket saying, Hey, whatever you do, please make sure these arrive before I leave for Dallas. And golden did a good job. The cards arrived, but um, recognizing that I could have that liquidity made me less hesitant in blowing part of my Dallas budget on golden. And it's a game of cash flow, and it's this game of churning. I don't entirely know what my strategy will be for Dallas. Ami, you were hinting at some of my buys for this week. I bought about, I just bought over $1,100 of bulk baseball cards, approximately 700-ish cards total, I want to say. And I don't know if I want to allocate part of my budget in Dallas towards buying bulk and then either shipping them back or traveling it back with me. Or if I just want to stick to the prototypical pays of buying at a certain percentage or at least a card that I'm bullish on, or a card that I think is undergraded and leveraging that to my advantage. But I do like to put my money at work, whether that's me physically working, pitching out cards out of top loaders or not. It just has to keep growing. They say scared money don't make money, Max. I ain't a bitch. (laughs) Well, all right, we'll follow up on this after you go to Dallas. I feel like we have a good sense of what why you're going there why it's a good show for you to go to and why you bought why you spent a little more cash to uh have some money to work with potentially cash flow cash flow cash flow um but can we talk about some of your other uh or actually you know i feel like yeah let's talk talk about stuff a little bit more all right well all right we were going to talk just to the listeners me and max talked about what we're going to talk about before the episode we're going to talk about rainbows and like hunting rainbows but i feel like we're gonna push that to another week because we've been going well with this topic and i have a few other recent things that i want us to talk about because they're they've been in the card news um or of of course tommy to for to make 20 minutes extra of content when this episode's done we'll see 
Yeah, you know I love the clips, but we need to do a quick rundown. The 101 Platinum Julio Rodriguez update flagship card was pulled. I believe it was from a, a hanger, which it is was from dope, a hanger. which is awesome. Shout hangers out. are bangers. Shout out hangers. Um, but I initially I saw a tweet that said, "Wow, this card's underwhelming." And what it made me feel was just why is platinum so much worse than a super fractor? in terms of the just the pure visual aesthetic of it like a super factor you hold that in your hand you're like damn this is this is cool this is a like so if i gave that to someone who doesn't know cards they're gonna get that that's a cool card if i gave them a platinum card they'll probably just think it's probably a base card so max first what do you think of that take is that a hot take or cold take um one of well it's a correct take actually one of my favorite anecdotes revolving platinum cards of all time is back in 2019, someone pulled the Pete Alonzo Platinum 1 of 1 410 Tops 2019 Series 2 True Rookie card, owned it for, I believe, several months, and did not know he owned the Platinum 1 of 1. I mean, I, I wish I could say that's surprising. I wish I could say it's surprising. Yeah, 2019 isn't a particularly rough year because you don't have concrete borders and the whitish background kind of can look be at least conflated with grayish. I know that card sold for like $3,000 at auction at that time when it was eventually recognized. But yeah, no, it's a, just a testament to how easy it is to confuse. Um, Tommy, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you think Platinum one of ones are so bad, what do you think of the Canary Diamond one of ones from 20, 2011 update? Those things bang. Um, really are you talking about the uh the ones with the diamond in the, card? the ones with the diamond in the card yeah i know about that set, or the apparel so i think those are cool i'm pro i'm pro the diamond anniversary in general i will su- quote unquote suck off tops for that whole concept that they yeah. did and i think it's cool it's way better than a lot of other things they did it's a lot better than 70th anniversary we've talked about how that parallel was just absolutely terrible basically a knockoff of platinum well, they also fucked it up. Yeah, they fucked I it up. Remember that. Like, it was supposed to be a platinum foil, but oh. it became indistinguishable, pretty much nearly indistinguishable with the blacks, I want to say. With the black no, no. arrows. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I forget what it was, but uh, yeah, yeah, it looked like, the same as another one. Excuse me, it became indistinguishable with the platinum one of ones. Mm-hmm. And I think the one of them was supposed to be foiled, but it yeah. didn't end up happening, at least in series one. Yeah, I card, know exactly. The card sucks. The card sucks. Um, Cool to whoever pulled it from a hanger. I think they're on Twitter now or something. But um, yeah, that was just a thought I had. Uh, similar to my thought that every NBA logo man is also a Jerry West card, which I still um, think is the greatest thought I've ever had. Um, I want to talk about some sales. Regardless. Right, yeah. yeah, we can um, talk about sales. Yeah, so um, the Wander Franco Platinum Foil First Edition sold at Golden on April 30th. For $78,000. The true platinum Wanda Franco sold for $44,000 in July of this year. And the Julio Rodriguez Bowman Chrome First Super Fractor Non Auto did $67,000 at Golden in August. Okay. Um, How much does that make the platinum update? Considering he did like his first, you know, the SP in series two does not have parallels. The Wander, I think the eighty-seven thousand sale is a little ridiculous. I think most people. Yeah, that was that. that was like 
borderline peak Wandermania. Like Wandermania was going from like February through like April and was just starting to die down. I think I saw that the guy's asking 150k. Yeah, that guy's off his rocker. Because yeah. really, the still the super fractor from Chrome update trumps the platinum. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I would argue we should do a rankings of like what one ones we'd want. But I feel like we've talked about this a good amount, like the one one ranking. So I don't want to. Yeah, get but the OG li- only the OG listeners know the pitch top ten list. <laughs> true the the pilot episode you know he's doing another list that might need to be our next episode honestly yeah we have to pay you... all right yeah we'll pay, we'll pay to review but um max it's time for what i was up to this week okay you saw you made fun of me because i posted a tweet that said i won my fantasy football league and i have 100 bucks to spend on cards uh did not really have too much luck on twitter with people selling me stuff uh this one guy and tell me if you've ever done this max mm-hmm. but i have this is one guy on twitter and he buys cards, I think, literally just so I can buy them from him, which I support. Like, he, he just always has, that like, Clay Thompson parallels, but, like, doesn't really buy basketball cards. So I'm like, this guy just knows that I buy cards all the time and whatever. Yeah. But bought some, like, just random parallels from him. Bought, like, a couple Optic Durant numbered ones from his time with the Warriors. And then, I, oh, I bought a uh, 20, 2018 Brandon Crawford uh, Independence Day from him, too, which, you know, we've talked about that being the best year of Independence Day. Uh, so I was hyped about that, um, but I also ripped some Chrome update, um, and I figured we don't really we don't do too much like product review type of stuff. But I figured since I ripped like three hangers and two megas with some Christmas money, that it's worth talking about. I pulled a uh, rookie debut Bobby Witt Jr. refractor numbered out of two ninety nine. I don't know if we've talked about Chrome update too much in depth about how much how it's different from normal Chrome and how that kind of plays an impact on everything, but. I love that the refractors are numbered for Chrome update. And I think that it's cool that they're rare. Um, I know that in normal tops Chrome, it's kind of been a point of collectors recently that refractors are like way more common and just kind of not as refractor looking these days. So it's harder, you know, they're just not as cool, but I do think Chrome update refractors being numbered are really cool. Do you agree with that, Max? I think they're cool. Um, I think one of the craziest things is that as of now, 2022 tops Chrome update hobby boxes, are at $80 and regular update paper hobby boxes are at $130. So there's a couple of reasons I think for that one, obviously there's not like a guaranteed auto in the Chrome update hobbies, right? It's yeah, not, actually, nothing I guaranteed. It's, I think it's closer to 90. I don't want to misspeak, but also but like closing. Yeah. The gap's closing, but also like you can go to your target right now, probably find a mega that has all the purples in it as well. Um, I think something they dropped the ball on is they should have just made another parallel for the hobbies, you know, instead of making it the same purple as the megas. I really like the pink waves. There's nothing here. unique about the hobby configuration. No, nothing. And I really do like the uh, the hangers were a fun rip, way more fun than the megas. If I was gonna rip more, I'd just purely go with the hangers, just because the pink waves look really dope compared to the purples. Um, and I think in the past it's been just like normal pink refractors, right, Max? Have so- been in. Some years it's just pink. Pinks were in regular Chrome. I don't know about Chrome. Up- yeah, actually, no. Chrome Update does have pinks or did have pinks. Yeah, I think they now make it pink wave, which is pretty cool looking, whatever. Um, but I was, hyped, I was hyped to pull a Bobby Witt number. I'll probably hang on to that with my Julio SP from Update. But not just like absolutely love an update. So that's my little two-second review of that. But um, Max, I want to hear about some uh, anything you've sold recently. 
because I feel like we've talked a lot about buys, but I've heard rumors that eBay has been hot lately with people getting their Christmas money in, wanting to spend some money on cards. I've seen anecdotally a lot of people on Twitter saying that they've been selling more on eBay recently. Um, I love talking about my sales. It's like fun. I think a lot of people, you know, let's give people a window into the Cards Max eBay shop for a sec here. What did you yeah. get? Yeah. I sold, well, fun. Well, my most recent sale was an Anthony Schwartz silver rookie hollow relic from Prism for two bucks. That's very fun. Um, oh, here's some. I My Keston Hira SSP update auto. I owned two. I bought them for about $300 each. I sold my first for $99. I am realizing a loss on this card, a very, you know, relatively sizable loss down two thirds. And I'm a little surprised even someone bought that immediately. So I will probably be listing the second one at about 125 to $150 for the super short print autograph. Everyone's really sad to hear that you're giving up on Keston Hira, Max. I'm not trying to give up on Keston Hira. I was just wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you're just I am always a believer, but I can no longer put my money where my mouth is. That is fair. And, and I don't not... want to go down with the honestly, I didn't think anyone would buy it at a hundred. Like I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna get the high of the market. I know a, a friend who um went to UC Irvine a card person who operates in cards says, Oh yeah, I went to UC Irvine. Hero's like the best baseball player to ever go from there. I might just buy it for the fun of that. So really it's like we're he didn't end up buying one, but we're operating under that premise for the people that are buying and collecting Hira. I feel it. Like, I think Playboy cards went to UC Irvine. I'm pretty sure. No, it wasn't Playboy. No, okay. Well, um, I sold a Pete Alonzo first Bowman Chrome Blue Auto PSA nine. Um, it was a really weird card for me. I bought it at Gold, at PWCC as a Beckett eight five. I got no traction as a Beckett eight five. Even and weirdly, like the gap in value between the blue wave and the blue was almost non existent on this card. Like you wouldn't think it, but it was almost non existent. So I figured the Beckett holder was hurting it. I cracked it and sent it in the PSA and at nine, which I was hoping for. I didn't realistically expect a 10, it was off center. And it was bought the one of the first days I listed it at $650. I think in total I made 50 bucks. But it was good to be able to exit that card. And honestly, if you're a Pete Alonzo buyer, like go after the true blues because I think they're a little undervalued relative to the waves. It's really weird owning cards, like like or even just owning cards in general, because like it makes me like super invested time wise into a extremely niche market that I otherwise like would not have exposure or interest in. Yeah. If I didn't jump into the card. But it's like I can tell you that blue waves do like four hundred and blues do like five hundred or so. So but the quality control is also really weird and there's not many mint copies entirely. Yeah. I feel like I've talked to Matt's cards about that before with the Pete Alonzo Bowman first. And I know that he like knows about the fact that a lot of them are OC and stuff. Um, yeah. Speaking of OC yeah. cards, speaking of OC cards, I bought, I finished my Marshawn Lynch tops Chrome uh, rookie rainbow this week, obviously minus the odd, the one one or whatever, but um, I bought a PSA eight off center blue refractor. 2007 Marshawn Lynch and what I found and this has been a card that I've been after for a long time because I just figured one would come up that centered but every single one I've ever seen is like very very OC for the blue refractors for 2007 so I'm like 
I think that this is just like a quality control thing that ev- like all of them are OC and that I need to just kind of buy one whenever. And I got it for 30 bucks. So I'm not like really tripping. Um, but are you tripping? I'm not tripping. But, oh, but are you tripping? <laughs> man, imagine doing this podcast on shrooms or something. I would. Yeah. Do be, it. You yes. would. If I did that, you would just shut shut it down immediately <laughs> but anyway that was a that was just like a random info thing of the week 2007 tops chrome i think it's even more enhanced for like centering on that set because you have the like very thick border all across so if you do like if something's thinner it's very very obvious to the eye um if you have any questions about tops chrome football though just hit up gaby card stacks our good friend and help me who's that <laughs> get out of here but uh, Max, you want to hear what else I bought with my fantasy football winnings? No. I know you don't. Well, tell me anyway. I'm going to tell you regardless because yeah. Yeah, I have good. you captive on this use, podcast. Yeah. Use that confidence and assertiveness to tell me about your fantasy football winning buys. Where did you win it? No, I won. You only got 100? No, no, I, no. I just only am letting myself. Well, I obviously spent a little more than hundred, but I won six hundred bucks. But I okay. decided I had to put three hundred bucks in my savings account. So okay. that you was see, my... for me. That just became oh, I won two fantasy football leagues this year. More money for Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, scared money don't make money. But uh, I also bought a two thousand nine Topps American Heritage Refractor, the set that our boy Kimball Sunsport Trading Co is trying to do. Uh, we talked about this set a little bit before with him, I think. Um, but I bought a Thurgood Marshall Refractor Max, the absolute goat of the Supreme Court. Um, very legendary historical figure, and a big—I'm a big fan. Uh, I got it for fifty bucks, and I'm also now helping out our boy Frank Lubati with the base Chrome set from there. So me and him did a little trade. I traded him a bunch of—I think six or seven of the normal Chromes for a Glaber Torres All Star Game Gold Cup pink uh mother's day out of 50 pretty cool and then i bought the greatest sean livingston warriors card max um, sean livingston fox yeah sean livingston fucking fox and i bought his uh road to the finals finals uh from 2016 17 card out of 199 i got it for 50 i have 45 bucks uh it was a buy it now situation where i think the last one i saw on auction went for about the same price as the buy it now and the buy it now had been sitting there. And that was like a year ago. And the buy it now had now been sitting there for like a few weeks. So I was like, someone's going to buy this at some point. I'm doing the set. Now I got some cash to spend. I love Sean Livingston. I feel like he was such an essential part of that run. So I'm really happy to own that card now, even though it is from the 2016 finals, the one that we lost. A um, little bit brutal, but still cool card. And it's, of course, him hitting his fadeaway, his like little mini fadeaway over, a, I think it's Kyrie in the picture yeah Kyrie and then jr is in the background but hyped about that card sean livingston love that and also just like kind of love shout out like d- like important guys on championship teams even if their careers aren't like goat status are always going to have at least some market like trying to think of some other good examples of that in baseball maybe like guy like red sox fans like if a guy won a ring with the red sox there's like a lot of love given to him i feel like and like people will collect him with the cubs it's like anyone who was on that 2016 world series team i always like even like random dudes like miguel montero like you'll be able to sell his like rookie cards because people do like these sets that are like oh rookie cards of everyone who was on that 2016 cubs team and stuff like that i feel like is like something that i notice sometimes uh but max that's all i got for this week that's actually 
I have one more thing. Mr. Mr. Lucky Collector. Yeah, I can go fuck myself, but I'm having fun. I had had fun this week buying cards and kind of getting a little, kind of like indulging myself. I feel like lately I've been in this phase of collecting where I'm like, I shouldn't be spending money. I shouldn't be spending money. And it was nice to just have a little bit of money to just say fuck it. That's how I feel all the time. Well. You got anything else, Max, or else? I feel like this has been a good episode. I'm pretty satisfied with it, unless you got some more thoughts you want to get off your chest. Actually, wait. I have one I more thing if you want. But, um, what? I got one more thing if you want. Um, yeah, you got, you got one more in you. Yeah, well, I got one more thing that I want, that I want you to go off of. But our okay. boy, um, Rohan, Slab Mafia Sports, he did a thing. He's been doing grading lately for people, so he has a business where, like, if you send him cards, he gets them graded for you. He posted something about stats and i know that you're always begging for data you never have the data that you want to make your decisions max with grading and like this is some real data for you so he said that favorable results on known crack and resubs gone through him have got like cards that have been cracked and got higher grades he's there are 24 for 26 so only two did not get better grades that were cracked and resubbed and while that's the case with his grading, he has also done 11 crossovers. And a crossover is when you send an already graded card to another company to see if they agree with the grade. And if they think it should be higher, they will crack it themselves and then regrade it with the higher grade. Favorable results on crossovers with him are zero for 11. Zero, zero. So what this, you know, the takeaway from this, in my opinion, is just that grading companies crossovers are kind of bullshit basically yeah i'm getting into that um especially beckett's psa you see the subgrades right on the slab and from all the anecdotal evidence that i've read not necessarily have done myself experienced myself but from hearing so many of other people's experiences you really need a true gem plus or true gem really True gem plus pretty much at this stage if you want to have a shot of upgrading your card from a Beckett 95 gem mint to a PSA 10. So that would mean three 95 subgrades and one 10 subgrade in order for it to make the cut. And that's still not even guaranteed. Um, I want, obviously, I love Rohan. He's not, I presume he's not misrepresenting data, but in the context of grading, a Beckett 9 to a PSA 9 is seen as an upgrade as well as a PSA 8 to a Beckett 9. So the bar for success is clearly differentially lowered, and we don't know how many of those were PSA 9 to PSA 10 upgrades or Beckett 9, 5 to 10 upgrades, or even Beckett 9 to 10 upgrade to PSA 10 upgrades. But that is something to keep in mind when taking a look at this data. I know I get a lot of flack for cracking my PSA 9s, and, but that also obviously is the hardest to get the bump in. You're submitting it to the same company without changing or altering the card, and you're just praying that they were bad at it the first time. But um, I think I think what you know the, what I get from Rohan's stats there are just like crossover. Yeah, crossover. Just don't crossover. Just don't. Unless you, it's an extremely valuable card and you want no risk involved at all, then you crossover. But this is a game of risk. It's a game of tolerance. That's why Alt cracked the Beckett 9.5 Curry. It's not so that they could get scissors and trim it. 
It was so that they could submit to PSA without any bias of what the previous grade was. And it's the same for cards that are two, three, and four figures. You know, it's not just reserved for six-figure cards. Ah, we had to close it up with the alt. But that was this is a fun episode, Max. Hope you guys learned something. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what we said, feel free to reach out at TV Sports Cards at TV Sports Cards on Instagram. Max is at Cards Max on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we've been having a little more fun with the clips. Uh, make sure to check us out on YouTube, uh, Young Old Heads Podcasts, and yeah. Uh, this is a fun one. Kind of Dallas is not next week, right? It's the week Dallas after. Is, Dallas is the week of the 14th. No, Dallas is this week. Dallas is Thursday through Sunday. Hell yeah. All right. Well, next episode we'll be able to get, I think we'll probably be recording on Monday next week. So no, we won't. You'll be recording this weekend and I'll be at the show. No, nah, I'm going to, I can't this weekend. Ooh, two thumbs down. Sorry, but uh, either way. Make sure to check it. Make sure to uh, tune in next week for Max's recap, and it'll be fun. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Cards.